Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into Nosebleeds, WFUV's exclusive baseball podcast. I'm Andrew Galata here alongside Mike Legan and Thomas Aiello. Guys, Mets and Yankees both won their opening series, so I'm assuming we're all doing well here at the start of this baseball season. Yeah, you know what? I'm uh, surprisingly upbeat. You know, obviously, look, obviously as a Mets fan, and that's my perspective coming into this right now, look, you, you get a little greedy. You wanted to win that fourth game of the National Series. A little disappointing the way that it ends with, you know, some errors by Pete in the field. You know, Buck, we appreciate wanting to get all the pitchers in, but, you know, I, I really do think it came down to Alonzo. But that being said, you're not going to complain about going 3-1 in the opening series. And from the Yankees' point of view, you know, taking two out of three from the Red Sox, not bad either. Both teams above 500. Obviously, it's only been a few games, but I think there are a lot of things to be encouraged by when it comes to both the Mets and the Yankees. So if you're a New York baseball fan, I think you have a reason to be positive right now. I am very happy that the Yankees took two out of three out of Boston. And I thought personally that the Red Sox were going to sweep the Yankees. I looked really. At this, I I did no, because I thought that this Red Sox team on paper got so much better, and I thought the Yankees stayed mid. And I go, how are the how in the world are gonna are they gonna pull this one out? And somehow they take two out of three. So I am happy with the two and one start. But we can re- overreact. I after mean, the first three days. Yeah, I mean that, that's all like the kind of the first <laughs> thing I want to say. Both of these teams, the first series means absolutely nothing. Yeah, no, it's a, it, the yeah. Mickey Reds- Callaway when uh, what was it, eleven and one, ten 12, and one, ten and one. Mickey yeah. Callaway, they, they want to give him a statue <laughs> in yeah. Queens after that, and then really? last, and then last year, oh well, you know, figuratively. <laughs> I, I mean, we all know how that ended up. And then the Red Sox last year end up going to the ALCS. They got swept by the Orioles last year to start the season. So you know, obviously the first series doesn't matter too much but I, I definitely want to talk about the Yankees because I, I think it was kind of the how they want to win it's going to be with the bullpen being basically lights out for the most part and you know you get the big hits by either if it's Stanton if it's Judge if it's LeMahieu or Josh Donaldson obviously with the big hit on opening day for them and you know Thomas I want to start off with you obviously you said you know very happy about this series but it seemed like those are the games how the Yankees want to win them is good bullpen come back and get some clutch in it yeah and last year the bullpen was a humongous strength for these guys I mean, finding players like Lucas Litke, Wandy Peralta essentially off of the street and uh, Loisaga of course being robbed of an all-star spot in my opinion now I could be a little biased towards that, but I thought he was incredible last year. Wandy Peralta was really good. And Lucas Litke, who started the season horribly last year, came on strong, and he continued with that uh, in so far in the three games against Boston. And last night, he goes an entire inning, strikes out one, no runners, no hits, nobody left on base. So it's good to see players like that just get into the rhythm right away. And the bullpen, as you said, Andrew, it's going to be huge for this Yankees team because – when you look at the bats on the paper, and again, there's names like Donaldson, Judge, Gallo, Stanton, this one, that one. You can say all you want about these guys. The pitching is what's going to carry you. It's what's going to have to carry you as you get deep into the season and in the playoffs because you can't outslug teams in a five-game or a seven-game series. It's, it's, 
It's not. We've seen it. it hasn't happened. Yeah, it, it hasn't <laughs> happened. You just you can't do it. It's not physically possible. So if the Yankees, if the bullpen can hold up and the starters can stay healthy, which, yeah, I mean, yesterday they were healthy, but they weren't good this past series either. But if they can do that, maybe go out and get one more arm before the deadline, I think they're going to be in good shape. I mean, look, I would say this. You know, Tom, you mentioned a lot of emphasis on the bullpen. Obviously, that's been a strength for the Yankees for a number of years now. And I think, you know, once again, in this opening series, you've seen just how much of an asset that is for them. Obviously, all these wins were come come from behind wins. They had to take it back later in the second half of games. So, obviously, when you're winning like that, you got to rely on your bullpen. But to me, what that really points to, and you mentioned the, the starting rotation, as much as you want to, you know, hype up the bullpen and how much they played well in the series or performed well in the series, the starting rotation, once again, to me, I mentioned this on last week's episode of Nosebleeds, I'm very concerned when it comes to the Yankees starting rotation. Yeah. I'm even concerned when it comes to Garrett Cole. And once again, I don't really think any of my concerns were washed away by this series. I mean, Garrett Cole, opening day, gives up three earned runs in the opening inning, a home run, blames it on Billy Crystal, which is just <laughs> absolutely absurd. You're a professional pitcher in, in Major League Baseball. I think you can wait three minutes. That shouldn't be a reason why you give up three earned runs and can't retire. Like, what was it? Like, the first five guys yeah. got on base? Devers, like Devers homered on the second at-bat. Yeah, so, um, you know, look, I... I, I I'm concerned about Garrett Cole. I've been concerned about him since the whole sticky tack, you know, spider tack ban. <laughs> um, and he just, obviously, the wild card game was a, was a massive failure. So, once again, and he did settle down. I give him that. But, again, he only goes four innings. I get he was, you know, limited on the pitch count and all that. But, again, not necessarily encouraging. Luis Severino, kind of the same thing, you know. Had his had his moments, but again, there's no longevity. And I get, look, it's the first week there was a shortened spring training, but look across town with the Mets, you're at least getting about six innings out of their starters, and for the Yankees to only be going about four innings apiece, I mean, that's a little concerning. And then Jordan Montgomery, you mentioned last night, injuries, gets hit by that liner. Oof. I don't really know if that affected his performance. It seemed like right after that in that inning, he gave up some hard-hit balls after that, including that one to J.D. Martinez. So, I don't know. I'm still very concerned about the starting rotation. I hope Garrett Cole, there's no more uh, Billy Crystal appearances for his sake, <laughs> so he can kind of get focused in. I think that's a little bit absurd. I mean, if Max Scherzer can deal with that, that the power outage and still start yeah, in D.C. The power outage. You know, and, you know, I just want to mention this lineup real quick, and we can. I want to hear Andrew's thoughts, obviously, as well. But, you know, to me, there's things to be encouraged for sure. There was some clutch hitting. You want to talk about Josh Donaldson in the 11th driving in that winning run, of course. But once again, uh, to me, I'm what I'm concerned about is is really the home run ball, oh, the home run ball, the home run ball. <laughs> excuse me, with the New York Yankees. I mean, that's been the issue for the past few years. Is that this has been a, a playoff team, a team that gets to the playoffs, but once they get into whether it's a wild card game, DS, CS, whatever, because they're such a home run heavy offense, those those big hits never come and they can never score. And once again, look, I'm not knocking the wins. They had some great wins this past weekend, but look at look at how they're scoring runs. It's home runs from Rizzo. It's home runs from start Giancarlo, and that stuff has not been there in the postseason when it mattered. And I would like to have seen maybe some more clutch hitting. And also, those home runs, some of them, like the DJ home run, uh, you know, th- those are Yankee Stadium specials. So I saw I yesterday know. on Twitter Yankee Stadium, or Yankee fans talking about Yankee Stadium, and they were arguing that it's actually a pitcher's park. Oh, that, that's, what? are they on crack? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've even I'm just going to leave that Stay to, off to the, the Yankee fans. Uh, okay, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm even amazed that people, like Yankee fans, would bring that up. Even I, I'm just, No. <laughs> what in the world? I I, I I was like I just had to scroll that next because I just couldn't. You, look yeah, into I don't. I don't. No, that. honestly, I don't blame you. I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> but I mean, the, the thing with the Yankees is, and you, Mike, you talked about the starting pitching. That's something I wanted to get into. Yankee fans were very confident going into this season with starting pitching. They thought after last year, I think they were like top ten in ERA. Yeah, which obviously you know is great for them, and it, they kind of had a lean on it down the stretch. But you look at 
the names in that rotation and you know it's a lot of question marks i mean a lot of people are calling it garrett cole and the question marks and garrett cole himself after the first his first start looks like a bit of a question mark if he's going to be an ace like my thing is you look at the yankees in their first three games only 10 and one-thirds innings pitched from your starters and that bullpen was lights out and give them a ton of credit for that but in you get to july august and if you're using your bullpen that much these guys are going to break down definitely give it to Loisago, who has really been you know awesome for the yankees for really since he's came up and you can go down the list from your long man to your guy like chapman or chad green or you know michael king whoever it ends up being they've been very good for this yankees team but if your starters can only give you three innings four innings it's going to eventually fall apart for you the Mets have seen that over their time, and that's something with a lot of Mets fans are worried about in their rotation. The Mets rotation we'll get into in a little bit. Obviously, it looked really good over this weekend, but you know that's the thing with the Yankees. It's the starting pitching, and you talk about the playoffs, and you, you talk about their problems in the playoffs. It comes down to the home runs, which we talked about, and also you, you can't underestimate this team's ability in you know in starting pitching and Garrett Cole getting behind in the wild card game even in the past you usually had Tanaka and then it's like let's piece the rest of the series together and now it's basically Cole and the exact same thing so we'll see what happens with Severino as he progresses after the injury Montgomery has always been an injury question mark but that's the thing I think Yankee fans were not you know expecting this rotation to be you know shaky and I was just like I mean everyone was after DeGrom went out the Mets fans were like oh my god we have to add to the rotation and the Mets rotation to me is better than the Yankees right now just looking at it go one by one not just off of the performances and the overreaction from one weekend I just think overall the Mets have the better rotation Yankee fans like oh we're so great in the you know rotation we don't even need to add a starter that's just kind of my big take from the weekend was you saw all of them get pulled either you know four four innings or less I, I think people thought Garrett Cole in that four innings was like oh you know, that was obviously a really tough outing. You didn't have a starter go longer than that. He didn't go. No one went further than four innings. Which is which is a tough way to live in the MLB for yeah. sure. You can't. I, I Look, Garrett Cole's great when he's on. He is fantastic. He had that, that one game last year against Houston. I think he threw like 130-something pitches. He went through the entire nine innings, struck out. Not struck out, but put out 27 hitters total, I think. And he it, like when you get that sort of Garrett Cole, he's just on a different plan. Well, Tom, of course, he had to put out twenty seven. It's baseball; there are twenty seven outs. For I just button. had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> of course, you had to bring that up, Mike. I uh, yeah, I looked at Andrew and I was like, "Do I say something?" And I'm like, "I'm just gonna oh, say it." it of course, <laughs> go ahead. Of keep course, talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Go but right, point go being, right. when you get that Cole, you're you're pretty. He's pretty much unstoppable. And then you get Boston Red Sox wild card game Garrett Cole, who just wets the bed, <laughs> literally in the first inning. It felt like and just could not recover from there. So as I said earlier, Mike. I think brought it up too. Guys not going further than four innings right now. It is concerning in the spring training and all this. We get it. With this Yankees rotation outside of Cole, I mean, Severino is such a – I don't want to say he's a dud, but I don't know if, what it's we're going to get. has been the injuries for him. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to get out of him at this point. He's 28. He's probably going to be looking for a contract very soon. Jordan Montgomery is incredibly unlucky, and he's unable to pitch in the first inning every damn time and it's very frustrating to watch and then you've got people behind him like Nestor Cortez is that going to is that going to hold up with him trolling everyone on the mound is, <laughs> where he's like moving his eyes in every direction but straight and making silly faces is that going to hold up maybe does he do you have to bring the turtle back the bronxy turtle <laughs> is that going to be the fifth starter I'm 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 throwing ideas out here. Do I have to go sign up? Well, Jameson uh, Tyone, you, relax. I mean, you, yeah, that's not who's coming off of injury as well. But that's, that's just another question mark. Whoever just, you're right. talking about, what's happening? It's like a game of chance. 
but you uh, don't know what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. And I, I want to talk about this this Toronto series before we move over to the Mets and you know, what's going on over in Queens. Toronto coming in as a lot of people would say, kind of the upstart team that may make the World Series. Popular prediction to you know represent the AL in the World Series and come out of the American League. And this is going to be a pretty big statement series at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx early on. Thomas, I want to get your thoughts on you know how how you think this series is you know early on. Is it a yardstick series or is it kind of just throw it out? Like how is important it to really challenge these Blue Jays? Hopefully win a series if not split. You know what's kind of your thoughts going into it? So I am very afraid of Toronto. I think that they, on paper, are the best team in the division. And I don't think you can debate that at all. You can talk all you want about the Rays. I mean, it's debatable. I mean, who who, who on the Blue Jays' starting staff scares you? I mean, I mean Barrios, Hunter, Ryu, Alec Manoa, Ryu. Barrios when he's on. Right. Barrios was not yeah. on opening day, I'll tell you that. He wasn't. No, he was like not. Like Cole, and they're going to face off later yeah. in the series, which yeah. will be so, interesting. It, it, again, you have to. these people have to be on, as for everybody, but I think with Barrios especially because last year, when he went to Toronto, he was just so bad for, I think, his first couple of starts, and he only turned around at the very last second. I I don't know how to how to judge this series. I'm going to guess the Yankees maybe win one game. Okay. I Maybe one game. So you think the Blue uh, Jays are going to— I think that they're far superior at, their, right. at this point in time. I mean, look, so for me, and I said this on last week's episode, Nosebleeds, I think the Blue Jays are one of the biggest storylines of, of the season, obviously, across Major League Baseball. They're my favorite to win the division. I mean, I, I the Rays well, are good though. With the all Rays, du- well, yeah. I'm gonna get to that in a second. With all okay. due respect to with all due respect to Tom saying they're the best <laughs> in the division, I think they're really, really good. I do think they're the favorites. You know, obviously, look, they lost uh, Marcus Simeon. They bring in Matt Chapman, which I think is a good, you know, you know solid, you know, move there. Kind of evens it out, but. You know, look, they have a, a great team there in Bo Bichette, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who, who launched a rocket the other day. So, obviously, I think they're a great team. That being said, I don't know necessarily the Yankees have no shot. I don't I don't think that you can go and only expecting, oh, we're going to get totally outplayed, only one win. You, it is going to be in your home stadium. You do have that advantage now. We can get into also, and this is for later <laughs> down in the season, when they go to Toronto, you know, half the Yankees probably won't play, like Aaron Judge, because they're unvaccinated. But that, oh boy. that that's a, that's another uh, thing for another for day. <laughs> um, you know, so, look, I, my expectations for this, for this Yankees Blue Jays series is in terms of a measuring stick or a thing you throw away. You know, to me, you just mentioned the Rays. Obviously, that the storyline for the past few years. I know, I know the Red Sox are obviously you know kind of picked it up last year, but it's really been is this uh, the Rays and Yankees kind of battling it out for the division. And year after year, it seems the Rays always get the upper hand. And the Yankees, even in the regular season, never really seem to get over the top. And every Rays series always seem to matter. And to me, I know the Rays traded some pieces away. I still think they're going to be in play for this division as well. That's how I kind of view. Those Rays Yankees series of the past few years, that's how I would start viewing Toronto Yankees going forward. Yeah. Because to me, this is going to be two teams battling it out for the division all season long. As much as I don't think the Yankees are this amazing team that's improved vastly, I don't really even know if they're a lot like a, I think a wild card is probably a reasonable expectation. But my whole point is they're going to be in contention for the division all year. I think the Blue Jays are the favorite to win. And to me, as we've seen in the past with, with Rays Yankees or even with the Red Sox last year, these games matter all season long. So I don't care that it's the second series of the season. The Yankees got to be locked in. They got to be focused. And they got to take advantage of the fact that this is on their home field. And I do want to mention briefly before we get to the Mets, you know, we talked a lot about the Yankees rotation, a lot about the bullpen, a little bit about, you know, the offensive production. How about some defensive play from the Yankees this weekend? Sure. And one thing I want to mention real quick is the play of Isaiah Keener-Falefa. Of course, of course Isaiah Keener-Falefa. Uh, Keener-Falefa, excuse me. Boy. 
And look, I just have to say, I mean, this guy's your starting shortstop, and you got how did as a defensive? You, you shortstop got you got he's a, yeah he's a defensive shortstop. You got nothing out of him offensively, which is really more to be expected. But he made some pure blunders in the field, and obviously this is coming off a season when you finally acknowledge that you know uh, Torres is Tor- bad. You know, <laughs> Glaber cannot be your everyday shortstop. So you're expecting some better defense from the in the in, in the infield, and you're not getting that. And if Connor Falefa can't do that, then I mean, why is he really here? And to me, it's also it's just kind of twisting the knife in the Yankee fan who wanted Carlos Correa and now you got to watch this guy hopefully he turns it around you know opening series jitters maybe a little bit but a little a little disappointed to see some some not even just from him I mean Joey Gallo, Gallo I think, you know bad, wasn't yeah. that great in the field either he's not great at the plate as well but uh look I think the Yankees overall though I would say there's reason to be optimistic after the opening series yeah I mean they won two out of three let's yeah. not like yeah. go crazy they we're, won we're not gonna games. we're not gonna totally kill them no and like there's no <laughs> reason to like I mean that's why like you don't want to put a lot of stock in three games I think the the worrisome thing is a starting pitching and we'll see how that continues I think you have Toronto come in and all their big boppers like you're gonna see how this starting pitching is gonna yeah. hold up especially you know in Yankee Stadium where, you know, obviously plays small and it's going to be a hitter's park, and I bet there'll be a lot of runs scored during this week. And that's kind of, you know, it's going to be an interesting yardstick for the Yankees. And you guys talk about the Rays. I think the Rays still may be that they're division still, favorite. They're still going to be good. The team to beat, at least. Maybe the Blue Jays are the end up the better team, but I think the Blue Jays still have to prove that, to me at least. And the Rays, I believe they swept their first series. And I think they're the only team to sweep their series. So they have the only hopes to go 162 and 0 like that Mike Francesa. <laughs> hey Mike, you ever think a baseball team can go 100 162 and 0? Okay. Well, I, I mean they played they played Baltimore. Get, get Are we going to really But still, hey, the, I mean, yeah. the Mets they, they they couldn't, you know, go undefeated I mean, playing yeah. a team like the Nationals or the teams across baseball that had to, you know, play some bad teams. So you got to give them credit and I bet they'll, you know, still be at that top level. I just had to throw that in. Uh, for Mike at the microphone. No, no, no. I appreciate that for sure. It's it's been Funhouse has been recirculating that, that clip on Twitter for exactly. the first three Met wins to see if we can get to 162 and 0. But uh. for sure, it's definitely I, it's it's going to be an interesting series though. And the Bronx said we'll have the coverage for it throughout the week on WFUV. So stay tuned, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff for sure. But now I want to move back over to talking about the Mets. Mets a productive series, just like the Yankees, winning three out of four in Washington D.C. and this series, you got great starting pitching out of the Mets and what they were able to do. A 1.63 ERA through the first four starts from starters. Overall, 1.5 ERA. And this team, you know, overall, I point to the starting pitching, which I think people were really looking at Tyler McGill and Carlos Carrasco, the two middle guys, or the two end guys of the series, and really worried about them if they were going to blow up. And they were just both outstanding. McGill goes five innings of shutout ball. Carrasco goes five and two-thirds of one-run ball. And then Chris Bassett looks amazing with eight strikeouts going six innings. And Max Scherzer kind of looked the worst out of the three, yeah, four guys, yeah, which is you know, ironic. But he still has, you know, a quality appearance and a quality start for him. And hitting the ball, I mean, the Mets did enough. I, there were places, especially in that Sunday game, which we can talk about, only ending up with two runs. And they had, I think, in the seventh or sixth. I forgot when it was, but they had first and second, no one out. Robinson Cano, they could have pinched him for him, lefty on lefty. They don't with Sean Doolittle in the he game. He also has terrible career numbers against Doolittle, too. Exactly. So, you know, you could talk about Buck's decisions on Sunday, and I bet we'll get into it. But overall, you know, the Pete Alonso grand slam with the you know, sick bat flip, I will say. He he definitely – From all that barely went out, though, he kind of – Well, the wind I, was blowing it in. He said he definitely got it all. Okay. But it, it was it, – it, it was very was, high. It wasn't yeah. very far in the words of John Sterling. Yes, that's that, that's for sure. And I don't I, know if John Sterling can tell where the ball's going that, anymore. He, I remember I remember going to Yankee <laughs> Stadium last year, and the guy had, like, sunglasses on, but they weren't 
sunglasses. It was when you get like eye surgery. Oh, it was God. those. I'm like, oh, and he's broadcasting the games. <laughs> I was, God bless that guy. I mean, my God. But I mean, the Mets did get good. You know, runners in scoring position, hitting. You you, you look at Marcana, kind of the poster boy of that. He went seven of ten in the series. And Mike, I want to start off with you, yeah. especially maybe about the newcomers oh, for sure. with the Mets and Mark Hanna. I think a lot of people, a lot of pessimistic fans, were comparing him to Jason Bay. Oh my God! I think get out of here! I, I think already he has more hits oh than Jason God. Bay. Jason He's Bay. already better than let Jason me, Bay. The, the, the contract deal and the money alone does not make that's this true. guy equal to Jason Bay. I mean, that's just absurd. I mean, first off, Mark Hanna makes me go Michael Conforto. Who? I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is the guy I want. He plays stellar defense. He can play every position in the outfield. He looks. Sol- He's moved around in every position so far. I think in the opening series. Yeah. Like you said, 7 for 10 at the plate. He got several walks in there as well. Fantastic. For the first time in a long time, I look at this Mets lineup, and I and I, first of all, they're, they're obviously incredibly lengthened by the DH. It's something that helped them out a lot in 2020. I think it helps them a lot even more now in 2022. So I look at this lineup. I don't really think there's a lot of weak spots, which for the first time in a long time is really refreshing to see. As a Mets fan, you know, you know I mentioned Mark Canna. How about a shout-out to Sterling Marte? Yep. Fantastic. In the opening series, I mean, playing solid defense in right field, you know, several RBIs, hitting, hitting it with two outs and runners in scoring position, something yeah. the Mets have struggled to do uh, in recent years. Jeff McNeil, back to his old ways. I think Gary Cohen said something along, like McNeil's got his magic wand back. Yeah. It seems that way. He's making contact and the ball's finding a spot in the field, open holes, etc. Look, Pete Alonso, I, I was obviously, look, the, the, I, I'll say this, I'll be honest, I do think the, the loss yesterday is primarily on him. I mean, Trevor yeah. Williams. Look, you wanted Trevor May in that. Well, I'm not a huge Trevor May guy, so I don't really care. But the point is, Trevor Williams, it, I don't really think it was his fault. I think some people were trying to knock the move to put in Williams, who's not necessarily a high-leverage reliever. Of course, he's more of a long, he's a long reliever. But, yeah. And you were maybe expecting to see him. We're recording this, the opening night of the Philly series, maybe after Taiwan Walker. But, you know, um, so I, I, I think the loss is really more on Pete. But why I say that is, overall, Pete has also played really well. But, you know, we mentioned all the newcomers, and the the biggest newcomer and the guy that I think deserves the biggest shout-out is Buck Walter. I mean, Buck <laughs> Walter, literally, for the first time in forever, I mentioned that I, I finally feel that we have a, a lineup with not a lot of holes. I finally feel we have a manager that knows what they're doing. Now, we can question some of the decisions on Sunday against the Nats. We can question the idea of, you know, maybe not playing your best players so that everyone can play. I kind of respect that. I understand that. I do think, you know, baseball is very much a rhythm sport. Got to stay in a groove. You can't just come off cold off the bench all the time. So this early in the season, I'm okay with it. Now, if we get to July and we're doing stuff like this, then I'm not really going to, like, be singing Buck's praises from the mountaintop. That being said, I think he's made some solid moves the first few games. Obviously, they're 3-1 and for a reason. And, look, I think you saw it when Francisco Lindor got hit in the face the other night and Buck came out there screaming his head yeah. off. <laughs> That's something that Luis Rojas or clueless Mickey Calloway never would have done. So, you know, thrilled to see that. And, I mean, also, how about a shout-out, Eduardo Escobar, very solid yeah, as well. He has, I think it, I saw a stat, a stat, dating back to last season, he has, like, a, a, an extra base hit in, like, seven straight games or something. Really? So um, He hit a double in All-Star. Yeah, so it seems that, you know, he's another solid. He's playing solid defense at the hot corner, something the Mets have missed for a long time as well. I just look. You you can maybe dwell on that loss in the final game of the Nats series, but overall, I'm very happy with this with this um, with with them how the Mets have performed so far. And I, I keep going forever. But one last thing I do want to say is Tyler McGill. I thought last week a lot of people. I was on with Greg Ware and Brian Raybacks. I thought they were kind of sleeping on him because I think a lot of people what they underestimate about Tyler 
is that you know, he got tired at the end of the season. But when yeah. he was when he is his he, first yeah, hundred innings, yeah, he had never pitched that much in his career. But when he was kind of in his more normal range, the guy was having some electric stuff in the first half. I mean, an ERA around three. That's the guy we saw opening day. And then Carlos Carrasco, who honestly was a dumpster fire last <laughs> yeah. season. You know, once again, he's still giving up a home run in the first inning. You don't want to see that. But the guy was I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> was locked down the rest of the game. Yeah. Fantastic see from him. I just I, I I'm very happy with how the Mets have played so far. Just to put it simply, I'm gonna go with health. That's going to be my big word of the year for the Mets. It's the word I like to use with them every single damn year because at some point, 90, I wouldn't say 90, like 70% of the Mets all go to the hospital for some sort of happened last injury. Year. It happened last year. <laughs> well, it's happened like every year of my life. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. exactly. So I'm not going to factor Shout out Ray that. Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to factor that out of this, but I do have to say Buck Walter, credit to Daddy Steve, as you as you mentioned, Uncle, 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 no, oh, Uncle Steve, Uncle Stevie, you you stick to your cheap Steinbrenners, and we'll call, I, we'll call I, him. They're Uncle the will, Stevie. no, the Steinbrenners are the Willpons. No, they're not the Willpons. You don't know the coupons like we do. <laughs> the okay, coupons. buddy. All right, <laughs> the coupon. I'm start start calling them the coupon people. To be honest with you, but anyway, Steve Cohen not finally getting you guys a good ish manager and Buck Showalter. Yes, the guy is old. I understand that he's 65, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he is a seasoned baseball journey uh, not journeyman lifer who clearly knows what he's doing and from the four games i watched a little bit of that third game buck showalter was just go do your thing he wasn't trying to you know over direct anything he just kind of let the hitters go up there and hit and i think that's going to be huge for the mets giving them sort of a creative a f- creative freedom here and with this lineup that he's got that has just been blessed to him i do want to say if the mets however if they are going to rely on on thirty nine year old Robinson Cano down the street, I don't think not. they are relying. You don't think so? You don't think no, so? He's moved around a lot so far in the opening in the yeah. opening series. He hasn't played second base. He's not playing to well again. Time of recording, he's not playing tonight. Yeah. I very much think. I mean, look, Robinson Cano. I mean, I, look, I I wasn't. I think he may hit I'm digressing I, I was, to you guys. You I wasn't. Guys I wasn't thrilled to see him in the opening day lineup. That being said, he he was he contributor in that opening day win. He's played relatively well. I mean, look, his range. He's obviously still slow as heck. You know, I don't know. He's always up playing second. He got base. thrown off. Yeah. He got thrown off the plate. I mean, the thing is, the Mets have a lot of DH options. He's not gonna. You would like to think that he's gonna. You know, probably play more DH than second yeah. base. I yeah. like McNeil at second. He's obviously got better range. You know, what I think, though, that it speaks to is the idea that this Mets roster is incredibly flexible. Though. It I mean, is look, very good. You have McNeil, who can play a second base, but you can also put him in the outfield. You could, you could put him at third in a pinch. I mean, you got Dom, who can play outfield first, DH. You know, Cano's flexible. J.D. Davis should never see the field, but that's okay. Oh, I agree. Um, Send you him know, to the moon. He, he is the ideal per- DH for you guys. Uh, I hate uh, J.D. Davis. I don't know if he's ideal DH. I mean, his ideal position for him is DH. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if it's ideal for him to be the DH for the Mets. I mean... <laughs> He, uh, I, I, after 2019, I really have, I've been down to him. I don't really see a purpose of him being JD on this team. JD Davis is the worst 280. I've said this a lot, but he's the worst 285 hitter I've ever seen in yeah, my life. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm shocked. So obviously, like, there, were the, there were the Dom Smith trade rumors and all that coming into the season. I, I was fully expecting the trio of Dom, JD, and, and McNeil, McNeil all to be gone. And surprisingly, they're all here. And I'm thrilled that Dom and McNeil are still here. But I still would like JD to be traded. <laughs> but it's good that he's not getting. Like again, no one's getting too much at bats. Which I think with those guys in yeah. particular, the JD Davises, because he got exposed when he plays every day. Yeah, and, and he, he can't play the field. That's the big. He, and he is just a defensive. Exactly. Line. The DH, the universal DH, just saved people like him. Yeah, it really has. It, it just really has. Like Nelson Cruz, the fact that he can go to the National League. And he's just going to DH. Made him a lot more money. Well, he yeah. still would have gotten a job because he's Nelson Cruz. No, he would have. I'm saying that he now has even helps more him, though, opportunities. Gives him 15 more options to play. Yeah. No, I, I actually do agree with that. But, like, o- overall, them. like, 
I just think the Mets have more professional hitters than they've ever had, like, since I've been a fan. You know, uh, this that's team, what I'm saying, yeah. Like, this team, really the only spot where they don't have someone where, like, can trust Are you, are you telling me that the 2013 lineup of... Uh, <laughs> wasn't professional? Of Bird and Buck <laughs> and uh, who else on that team? Bobby Abreu, that wasn't a professional lineup for you? No, no, Bobby not... Bobby Abreu, Yeah, wow. he played, I think he played with the Mets in 14. 14, yeah, but right? I'm, I got, I'm trying I, to get scrubs from that era, so... Uh, I mean, it there, is, there were so it many. Josh Totally was on that team. You don't have to look it up. I know it's 14. <laughs> oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Josh Totally. I'll, I'll trust you your word. You can it name him. You know, I think Audrey Torres, did he play in the 2013? Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> this team is I much more. I can name more... Mets Scrubs forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I don't want to have it's like me with It's like me with Ford and Basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, all right. This ain't, this ain't the Hoops podcast, buddy. Let's keep the Ford and Basketball <laughs> top two minimum. It's a joke. The... This lineup, though, I mean, you even go. We even talked about Francisco Lindor, who had a home run yesterday. It was the go-ahead home run. Ended up, or maybe it was a tying home run. I forgot what it was, but it helped the Mets. You know, nonetheless, he ends up. I I will say that I don't want to cut you off, but Lindor, as much as I'm encouraged by a lot of the the play of the team overall, and I think Lindor has done some okay things so far. Obviously, you mentioned the home run, and he had a double the other day. Yeah. I'm still like, I was really hoping he had a solid swing training. I was really hoping that we could finally like get off on the right foot here. And three it, for twelve is not an awful start. Yeah, no, but I mean, fine. you're not you're not paying the guy to bat two fifty, yeah. and also at the same time, <laughs> He's such a better player. But than that. Th- th- it's not even that. Like opening day, you have the Lindor special, which is you know a couple strikeouts, yeah, was, a double play, yeah. and the then also you got you know I don't I, not he so had the much RBI single, not so much the the other day, but like one of the games I don't remember which one he just straight he just flat out had the yips like he was just throwing the ball over the yeah, place. I think he so, dropped the double play. Yeah, so he he already has issues with the plate, and now like you can't even count on his defense. But I don't know Lindor. I I want so badly for him to be good. I'm really rooting for him, and I just I just I just remain skeptical if it's ever gonna work like, out. There's a few guys on this Mets team that I've just made my bet about, and Lindor being good is one of them. I can't go back because, like, at this point, like, he is what he is, and, like, I can't – like, I just have to have him have a good year. I mean, same with Jeff McNeil. Like, I was like, Jeff McNeil is going to bounce back. Obviously, through a series, it's it's boded well, but he's a guy that has also just looked – this whole lineup has looked really good. That's, to me, the big kind of, you know, point for this team. I, I do want to talk about Sunday's loss quickly, more so just about the, the usage of the bullpen, Buck trying to get everybody in – which I actually don't hate just because these games, as I said before in the beginning of this podcast, they are meaningless. And that's something that if they lost this game so Buck could know who my go-to guys in the future, I don't think is a bad thing. The only bad thing is that you talked about if uh, Tywan Walker tonight inevitably implodes on himself because he's hurt, probably, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to need someone to pitch that. That, that means David Peterson's going to be in there, which is uh, human batting practice. <laughs> yeah. David Peterson is just Stephen Matz 2.0. So, uh, Stephen Matz 2.0. I, uh, it's not Stephen Matz. Uh, uh, yeah, he got shelled in his debut <laughs> yes, for the Cardinals. I mean, i got to give huge props to Stephen Matz. Him and his <laughs> agent with their unprofessional behavior it single-handedly ignited this Mets offseason, so that's fine by me. Uh, I mean, look, the, the thing with the bullpen, and, and uh, to comment on that real quick, Andrew, I and I kind of mentioned it already. I didn't ha- like you said. I didn't really have a huge issue with some of the decisions made. That that didn't bother me because yeah, when, Pete you also, when you look at it, exactly looks like Lucas Duda in the I, World Series. You know, <laughs> I, I I like P a lot. I do think he actually is a pretty solid defensive player for the most part. I think he's improved a lot in that area. But the simple fact is, if he makes a solid throw to home, I mean, that was a tough. I get it. it was in he was in an odd distance where he like, couldn't really throw it, like gun yeah. it. I know Keith said maybe he could have, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Keith is also like the greatest defensive first baseman of all time. But or and then, but definitely that that play to second. I mean, he just makes that throw. The inning's probably over. They don't they at least end up with a Do tie. You see what Keith said about that. He's like, oh, a lefty would have made that throw easily. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he probably would have. I mean, also a guy that doesn't have the yips yeah. would have made that throw too. But look, and I, I like Pete. And but the thing is, so to me, that that implosion in that inning really falls more on the. the defensive errors and also you know look the Mets already one of the it's, I know it's only been four games already one of the top offenses in the league so far that being said you can't only score two runs against the Nationals and expect to win or maybe you can because it is the Nationals can, yeah. but 
Uh, I don't. You got to score more. You, you're, you're a professional baseball team. You got to score at least like three or four runs. I mean, I, I don't know. At least four if you're if you're a good team. Um, I don't know. For the Nets, it was Eric Fetty. Yeah, Fetty, Fetty, who also has terrible career numbers against the Mets, and they really yeah. couldn't get to him. So that was kind of. <laughs> disappointing but i don't know to me i what the one thing that i i so i don't want to get on buck too much with that decision because like you said i get what he's kind of going with about keeping arms fresh and seeing whose guys are the one thing though that i will say i didn't love was having trace and shreve do two up downs yeah, I, yeah. uh, I think shreve obviously when he came in after the first up down showed that he's very much a guy that cannot do that and that was still shaky and even though he got out of that buck then sent them out there again which i think you know he had already shown that that wasn't the best idea and I get maybe because I, I, I still don't understand, like, why Trevor May was warming up and didn't come in. I know there That's was speculation I... that he got hurt or something, and obviously Buck didn't say that. But I'm just wondering, like, Buck's obviously very smart. Like, he saw that Shreve kind of struggled to make it through that second inning. He already had May up. Like, why would he really? I just I don't really know what's up there. We'll see what happens. Not that we're really missing a whole lot with Trevor May, but I don't know. Yeah, I, look, I think with the thing with the Mets, especially with the bullpen, I know everyone was complaining at the beginning of the year. It's like, oh, lefties, this, that, the other thing, whatnot. I think the Mets are going to be fine. I just think it's a matter of when are these guys going to come in. I'm, I'm, look, some of the names that they've got on their on their bullpen card are not terrible. They're definitely not be- worse than they've been the last couple of years. I mean, Adovino was great in the two games that he pitched. He looked yeah. pretty good. I thought Seth Lugo was very good. I thought Joely Rodriguez, former Yankee, mm-hmm. he's going to be useful for you guys. He throws in every direction but straight, and I think this group is good, but we're missing one man, and that's Mr. Timmy Trumpet, Edwin Diaz, who <laughs> I, I, am, I hope third time is a charm for this guy, or fourth time at this point. I think point. he's pitched, he's be, I I think he's pitched well. Outside I, of his first year, which was, you know, bad. That was bad. <laughs> bad. That was really bad. You know, 2020, you saw improvement. I thought last year, look, he, there, he was up Diaz down, is just yeah. your classic Mets reliever. I mean, you want to go to Familia, or you want to go to a guy like, uh, I don't know, John or, Franco, who's obviously before yeah. our time, like, these are guys who will have their their moments. Obviously, Armando Benitez, K Rod, K Rod, Bobby Parnell. I mean, we can keep going, but like you know, obviously, it's just he's a guy who I think he's gotten past the real rough stuff, but he's still gonna. You still don't really. There's still gonna be those times where he gets out there and he doesn't have command, and you know that's just I don't know. To me, I think it's a lot to do with two pitch pitchers too. You, you yeah. live with it. I don't know. To me, also the thing with Diaz is he. Ron says it all the time. He he throws. He doesn't pitch. Like exactly. He yep. he, ha- he has insane you know velocity, and when he gets the slider moving the right way and has control of it, it's a fantastic pitch that's uh, frankly unhittable. That being said, he's not a guy like I know these are starters, but like Scherzer or you want to even go to a reliever like Mariano, who obviously you know was one of yeah. the greatest relievers of all time. They knew how to they know how to pitch like. Sh- Diaz just goes up there and like chucks it, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and that's kind of you know what you're kind of running the gambit there. Yeah, I think one I think one thing that I will say um, with with closers in general in baseball, not everyone, especially Yankee fans, they're guilty of this. They're like, where's the next Mariano Rivera? Not everyone's going to be Mariano Rivera. If you have a halfway decent closer that can throw sub four ERA, you hold on to them for as long as you humanly. I think you're hoping for a little bit better. Than I mean, a little bit better, but I, regardless, most you closers wanna... are though very up and down. Yeah, yeah. well, that's relief pitchers in general. Relief, relief pitchers yeah. and kickers in the NFL things kickers that change year by year. The yeah. Mariano Rivera's and the Adam Vinatieri's are few and far between. Yes, but I think as long as Diaz is, I think healthy and his stuff's just going. I think I think Mike's right though. He does have to become a little bit more of a pitcher. He does when I do watch him, he just kind of goes. Oh, he's out a thrower. There. He just throws stuff. It's like me. It's like me playing dodgeball. I'm just throwing. <laughs> I'm not actually trying to hit anyone with the dodgeball. I'm just throwing it for the sake of throwing it. 
I think Diaz needs to become a little bit more strategical. I think that can serve him well. I think it can serve the Mets well in general. It's it's going to be this, this bullpen. I think is it's probably, very interesting. It's the weakest link to me. Oh yeah, right? it is an interesting week. group. I do have to say it's a very fascinating. Group. I think that like Adovino is a guy that sometimes like he, this series looked dominant, but then he's a guy if he can't locate exactly. that. Oh, he slider, can be horrible. He can be absolutely terrible. Well, what times. killed the Mets was losing Aaron Loop. He was a guy, and again, I know. But then that, he could be bad this yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So it's you not know, like Loop I don't was know. like you know like a come on no commodity. But he but he drank Bush Light. What are you talking about? Drank Bush Light. Like it's like I I don't know who is there going to be an Aaron Loop this year I don't you know we'll I'm, have to see that's right Jason Shreve no Jason Shreve's good I he's will fine say he was fine he's with the Mets a couple years ago yeah, I think daddy. I'm glad he made the, the team out of camp he had a couple decent year with the years with the Yanks yeah, he pitched with the Yanks okay. and, and actually yeah. you know he had a decent year last year for the Pirates and it was kind of surprising that he, he only got, got a minor, minor league deal, deal. yeah yeah I mean we'll see what happens with this Mets team now going to be playing Philadelphia and for them kind of a yard. You know, a, a yard mark series for them and the Phillies. And this Phillies team, you it's know, they, they are pretty solid, especially with the, the lineup. Yeah. We'll have to see what Tywan Walker does tonight. But Mike, going into this series, how are you feeling about this three game stretch? You obviously went three out of four, but like for me, I kind of want to take two out of three. I think this would be, a, you know, a big point to kind of keep the good times moving. Two out of three would be huge going into Philly. Yeah, I mean, look, so obviously a team like the Nationals, I get they have Soto and Nelson Cruz. Cruz, probably maybe a trade deadline piece that's going to move out, in, out of DC this year, but. Oh, yeah. You know, so to me, a team like the Nationals is very much like the Orioles in the American League. It's a team that if you're going to win this division, you got to beat up on. Beating them is not necessarily a sign that you're one of the better teams in the division. To me, it's going to come down to the Mets. The, well, I hope the Mets. The Mets, <laughs> the Braves, the and, and the Phillies for this division. And, you know, I think the Marlins will be a pesky team as well. They usually are, especially yeah, for the are. Mets. Yeah. 2007, on and on and on. But the point is... You know, so to me, it's really a three-team race for this division, and that means when you play the Phillies or you play the Braves, in this case, this week, it's the Phillies, you're really going to have to capitalize. And to me, it's really a solid matchup here because I think the Mets have the advantage in the pitching staff, at least you know the, the starting rotation. And I think the, the Phillies, as much as I like the Mets lineup, and I think it's very solid, and I think it can hold its own against anyone. I mean, you look at that Phillies lineup in that ballpark, a hitter's ballpark, with yeah. Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Castellanos and Reese Hoskins. I mean, it goes much that, than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Rio Muto, I keep going, but like, you know, those, those are the four yeah. that jump out in terms of like the power hitters in the lineup. Yeah. And, you know, you look at that and you can obviously cannot help but feel like, you know, this is a team to be, you know, to fear. It's not like the Nationals where you had to work through just Cruz and Soto. And I get the other decent players too, but you kind of felt safe in other parts of the oh, lineup. Yeah. So it's going to be a big test. And also, you know, the Mets in this series, you're going to have Tywin Walker tonight. You're going to have McGill the next night, and then you're going to have Scherzer, which hopefully he's a little more recovered from the hamstring. And obviously, you know, it'll be good for him, but also another test for Tyler. Can he make it two in a row? Taiwan, who knows what we're going to get out of him. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously it's early in the season. You can't overreact if they got swept in the series even. But no. I, uh, I I don't want to lose to the Phillies. I have no love for the Phillies. And to <laughs> me, this is, it's when, like I said with the, with the Blue Jays and the Yankees, when you have teams, when I think it's going to be this tight of a division race, you can't afford to give games away. I don't care how early in the season it is. So I, I think it's going to be a good measuring stick. And also for a team with Schwarber, with, with, Harp, with Harper, you know, a lot of the talk for the Mets was, like we already said, no lefty in the bullpen really. You have Jolie Rodriguez. You have Jason Shreve. You're going to have to rely on them probably in some big spots to get the lefty-on-lefty matchup. Let's see what we get out of them. Also, interesting to mention, we heard the other night, Chris Bassett has, like, great reverse splits yeah, against lefties. Does. So he, he honestly, I have to say— He's not pitching this series. He's not though. pitching no, in this series. He'll, obviously, that'll be important coming down the yeah. line in the season. I will say, I wanted to say before, Chase and Shreve, and you mentioned it too, Andrew, of all the, I, I know I mentioned Buck and I mentioned all the position players, but being when I really think about it, I do think uh, Chris Bassett is the best, of all the new Mets, had the best performance. I love yeah. the mentality too, and I just love the pitch variety. That is just something yeah. I love to see from a starting pitches. pitcher. 
Love how you guys got blessed with the Oakland fire sale and you were yeah. able to yes. reap yeah, the did. benefits. A lot of teams did. Well, uh, not the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, that's and, true. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. you look at the, this this NL East, which is absolute hell right now on paper. I mean, you guys mentioned the Marlins. They always annoy the Mets. The f- I know the joke is the fourth-place Phillies. They're not a bad team. Offensively, they're insane. I question what their pitching is outside of Nola and Wheeler. And even then, Nola to me. Even I, Nola, I, uh, yeah, even he can be up and down, and he's very highly thought of around baseball. Well, I think tonight, Tywin Walker versus Ranger Suarez, okay, I'm not looking too much into that. I think the Mets have the potential to go two out of three because you have Scherzer uh, on the back end of this series pitching against Aaron Nola. And, again, like I just said, you don't know what type of Nola Aaron Nola is going to show up uh, in this game. And you, Max Scherzer, I know for a fact, is going to be on. He's going to be on his game. And I'm, I'm sure he's going to look at Aaron Nolan and says, I'm better than you with his two eyes that are different colors and just freak the living crap out of all of the Phillies hitters, which I think, by the way, is a, a tremendous mental tactic to have when you have two different color eyes. It does look very weird. It like, is very scary. Like, I've never like, actually yeah. seen him like, in an interview just because yes. he's always on the Nationals. Not, yeah. and, like, now he's on the Mets. Like, it does look pretty odd. It say. is odd. Not that, not that that's a bad thing. I, I, I think it's great, <laughs> especially if you're trying to get a mental advantage. I think the Mets can take two out of three. I think that would be a massive moral victory for this group. I mean, McGill versus Wheeler in the second game, I, I, I'm sorry, t- t- Tyler McGill's just not going to beat Zach Wheeler. Uh, in Tyler I mean, McGill, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, did anyone think that he would go? No. What, what was it? Did it end up being, what, five and he a third five. scoreless? Or just five. five. He went, yeah. He's you still know, getting did, stretched out. Did, I, yeah, he did is. anyone is he think every, he would, As is everyone. I mean, look, the Phillies lineup is obviously remarkably tougher than the Nationals, but look, Tyler McGill, they, like they said, he's got that low heartbeat. He, he has the mentality. That's the one thing about an athlete you can't teach. That's why so many Jet quarterbacks fail is because they don't have the right <laughs> mindset. You know, and to me, Tyler McGill, whether or not he's got the stuff, which I do think he's got some good pitches, he's got that mentality, that no-quit attitude, something that Steven Matz is something that I thought he always lacked. David Peterson, yeah. that's why I'm terrified when he gets into the game. Steven Matz, he would curse into <laughs> yeah, his so he would just like, he would just take the mitt, he would give up a bomb into the, the M&M's porch or whatever, and then he would just scream into his glove, and then his grandfather would be up there in the stands, you know, like watching. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, boy. The one thing I want to say about this Philly series is like this, and this team really in general, their they're bullpen – you know, we talked about the Mets, maybe that being the weakest link of their team. They're both. I cannot wait to see Jerry's oh, Familia oh. against the Mets. Atrocious. And be on the other oh side God. of him just cannot find the glove. But, but, the, but the thing is, though, it's, it, it'll be classic Mets. You know he'll just, like, pitch fantastic against them <laughs> in the whole series. He'll be shut down. I don't even know if I trust Familia. He's such... I don't either, but it's the Mets. I mean, come yeah. on. It just it would be so classic Mets to just see Familia go out Zach there. Zach Wheeler is definitely going 8 I, I would I would want say. that just strictly for the memes, because I love my Twitter <laughs> memes. I would, I would want that if Familia just pitches no no hit no run no nothing when he comes into the game i think that would be hilarious for me to look at but again this is a big test for the for the mets they're going up against a real team especially a real real offense here yeah we forgot to mention kyle schwarber as well uh, no, I, I, I he is also oh you did yeah yes. i thought you said it. okay yeah. i mean their lineup though is like their lineup's insane I from mean, from one through nine this is yes. ridiculous Segor is out uh was he playing short or second i think he's at second because Didi's at short He's still short. I, I I think so. I didn't even think Didi was still on that yeah, team. I, I thought no, he left. Didi's, no, no, he's still <laughs> they there. Him back? Yeah, they brought it. Well, Girardi loves him. I know he does. We're gonna I, find out tonight. We are gonna find out tonight. He's on the team. Uh, no, yeah, he's still on the team. I okay. thought he left in free agency. I guess he's still there. I think I was thinking. You know what? I was thinking of Andrew McCutcheon. There you he, go. He That's yeah, yep. He's, he's gone. in Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting signing by the Brewers. It's definitely going to be an interesting week. 
in New York baseball. And then obviously over the weekend, the Yankees have the Orioles. They'll be traveling to Baltimore. And the Mets have their home opener. I'll be there Friday, Saturday. They'll be playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that should be another series where you're hoping you I'll also you can... be there Saturday, but as a fan. Hey, yeah, that's. <laughs> so I can I can have a beer, I have a burger, relax, scream. Doesn't matter to me. Dang. I'm going to be doing Fordham softball with Dylan Balsamo on Saturday. Well, to definitely all be a good time. But for all that said, for my partners Mike Legan, Thomas Aiello, enjoy some baseball this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on Nosebleeds. Mm-hmm.